In John Galsworthy's series of novels that comprise what is known as the Foresight Saga, he depicts the lives of the members of an upper-class English family, the Foresights, uh, which includes the oldest generation of eight Foresight brothers and sisters. These eight brothers and sisters are only a generation or two removed from their ancestors who were farmers. And these eight brothers and sisters are very aware of their wealth and their status in late 19th century London. At the beginning of the first novel of the saga entitled A Man of Property, Aunt Anne, the oldest, the oldest of the eight brothers and sisters, died peacefully in her sleep. Two of her sisters, Aunts Julie and Hester, were, they were overwhelmed by the shock of Aunt Anne's death. Julie and Hester had never imagined such an ending to their sister, that one of them, that one of them would actually go and do something like die. Galsworthy reports in the voice of the narrator, indeed it is doubtful whether they had ever realized an end was bound to come. Perhaps what really affected them so profoundly was the thought, the thought that a foresight should have let go of her grasp on life. If one died, then why not all of them? It is as if this older generation of foresights thought that through their acquisition of property uh, and by scrupulously adhering and following the customs and conventions of their class, they could somehow, some way, be impervious to change and death. And in the course of the saga, the reader finds out how wrong all the foresights, or at least most of the foresights, were. As one reads the three novels that comprise the saga, characters struggle to secure their lives by acquiring property, by acquiring spouses, by building extravagant houses. Other characters forsake the security of possessions and money and property and instead follow their hearts, even if, if it means that they will be outcasts from the rest of the family. And they find their freedom. They find their freedom and true life without the security that property provides. And religion, and church, and God were no concern to the foresights. Uh, many of them reflect the character of the rich man in Jesus' parable from Luke last week. The rich man whose land produced abundantly, and he said to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? And he said to himself, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and I will store all my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul. You have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And then Jesus ended the parable by saying, So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. None of the foresights as far as I can remember, were very rich towards God. They were not, they were, they were concerned, they were concerned about other things. They were not concerned about ultimate things. Uh, the mid-20th century theologian, Paul Tillich, begins his three-volume systematic theology not with God, not with Jesus, not with the Holy Trinity. He begins his systematic theology by talking about what people People like us are ultimately concerned about. 
He says, we, humanity, are ultimately concerned about that which has the power to threaten or save our being. That deep down, what matters most to most of us is what can threaten or save this whole order of things. Or in Tillich's words, the whole human reality, the structure, the meaning, and the aim of existence. That's what matters to most of us. Tillich goes on to say, humanity is infinitely concerned to, which, to the infinity to which it belongs, from which it is separated, and from which it is longing. Humanity is ultimately concerned about that which determines its ultimate destiny beyond all preliminary necessities. This infinity and this ultimate destiny, Tillich eventually identifies as God. And the problem, Tillich says, that we have Humanity, like the rich man of the parable and many of the foresights, is that we get fixated on preliminary concerns, things that are not ultimate, things that are not God. We get fixated on all kinds of things, things identified by Jesus in the words from Luke today, things like possessions and money, purses that do wear out, earthly treasures, things that thieves can steal, and things that moths can destroy. That's what we become fixated on in many cases. And as a warning about these preliminary concerns, Jesus tells a parable today about a master and his slaves and says, be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like, be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves and the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down and he will come and serve them. Jesus said, blessed are the slaves whom the master finds alert. This implies that there were some slaves that were, well, they were not alert. They were, that there were slaves concerned with other things than the arrival of their master and may have missed out on the banquet that the master prepared for those who were alert. And Jesus teaches us here that God delights God delights, it is his pleasure to give us the kingdom, the kingdom of God, God's rule on earth. You know, we pray in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come. We pray that, but it is implied here in Jesus' words, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, that the kingdom has already been given to us, and that we are already included in God's reign on earth. If we are alert, and prepared to receive it. The master has already arrived and has, and the alert slaves sit down and eat, and he serves them. And there is space at that same table for us, at that heavenly, earthly, and earthly banquet. It is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. But if our hearts are set on other things, and if we are ultimately concerned with preliminary things, we will miss out on that kingdom. And because God has already delightedly and generously given us the kingdom, we have been free to live richly towards God by being compassionate and merciful to our neighbors, especially to those in need. You know, Jesus consistently, throughout the gospel according to Luke, Jesus consistently lifts up the poor and the needy and the values of compassion and mercy. In the beginning, in chapter 4 of Luke, Jesus framed his ministry in the words of the prophet Isaiah when he read from the scroll in the synagogue. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. He taught the crowds that whoever has two coats, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. And in response to the question, who is my neighbor? He told the parable of the Good Samaritan. And at the end of it, the question was asked, who was the neighbor to the man in need? And the answer was, the one who showed him mercy. And to be ultimately concerned with God means that we are to be concerned with our neighbors. To live richly, richly towards God means that we live richly towards our neighbors. You know, the Foresights, and if you haven't read the Foresight Saga, I highly recommend reading it. If you prefer to watch a good uh, TV version of it, uh, Masterpiece Theater back in the early 2000s did a great eight-part series of the Foresight Saga. But the Foresights and the rich man and the parable who tore down his barns and built bigger ones never took God or their neighbors into account. They were too concerned with possessions and money and the things that thieves can steal and that moths can destroy. And Julie and Hester, those two aunts, Julie and Hester Foresight, never realized an end was bound to come and the rich man didn't count on God demanding his life that very night and who his possessions would go to afterwards. They were not prepared. They were not alert. But it is God's good pleasure. It is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And so let us examine our hearts as to what really ultimately concerns us. What is, what is it that we most deeply value? And if it is not God and his kingdom, maybe work, maybe work to make it so, in order that we may be dressed and alert and ready, ready to live richly towards God and richly towards our neighbor. Amen.